the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. Welcome, welcome to another Minnesota Football Show. We have a super packed show. It was a dense, dense football week. So we will attempt to get through things here. Maybe move at a at a fast pace, a pace similar to the uh, Seattle Minnesota game. <laughs> And we'll see if we can get all this stuff. Bridget, how are you? I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. Thank you for asking. Uh, maybe we can start with talking about the the big Minnesota football show news. Our beers are out. Beer's here. Yeah, the beer's here. It's been distributed to the patrons. If you are not yet a patron and are still interested in some awesome beer from Hop Clouds and uh, and our and us, our collaboration. Um, you can get it on that uh, patreon.com backslash Minnesota football show. There are four beers, well, two versions basically, and then a couple uh, offshoots of those two. Um, I'm currently, I'll put up to the screen, I'm okay. drinking the Double Trouble right now. It's a Belgian okay. double. It's, yeah, it's spectacular. It very much tastes like a kind of like a, a lighter version of like a Marhead Sioux, but I mean, it's definitely, it tastes like a Belgian beer. Nice. I've got the uh, hot take today. Mm, that's a good one too. Yeah. How would you describe the hop take? Uh, very hoppy, but not in the uh, you know it doesn't have that funky aftertaste that so many really hopped up beers get. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of a clean, crisp. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, I had that one a couple days ago, and. I'm always hesitant sometimes of, of IPAs or hoppy beers, but, mm -hmm. but Christian has this very Belgian influence style that I think hits all the different beers, regardless of, you yeah. know, what genre it is. And, and it's, it tastes almost more like a Belgian version of their IPA than you'd think like a, yeah. a Minnesota IPA. Definitely. Yeah. But I, I drank it. I'm saying it worked for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It was great. <laughs> and Mr. Rodrigo, how are you, sir? I'm good. I I took a nap this morning already, so that's nice. kind of weird. But it was this, nice. This morning being like three hours ago. It's barely afternoon. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's quality. Nubia Nubia has um, she works at the law school, so she this is exam week. Mm -hmm. So she's been on like from eight to five every day, and so she had a shift on Saturday, so she woke up extra early. Mm -hmm. So I went upstairs because I didn't want to hear anything. <laughs> and I let the dogs out, fed them. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna start rewatching Saint Seiya. So I put it on. Halfway through episode, my son comes in, and Santi's like, "Well, can I watch something?" Sure. Next thing you know, a dog jumps up on the couch, curls up next to me, and then I wake up at ten thirty, eleven. So. <laughs> Very nice. That so. sounds great, actually. Yeah. So well, we've been talking I, about yeah, you talking about the beer, right? Well, yes, yeah, so, uh, I, I covered the double trouble. Okay, uh, I have talking that, about yeah. hop take. What do you got? You got double trouble. No, like this is this is like an un, you know how like they have YouTube unboxing videos. This is kind of like yes. a beer unboxing <laughs> episode. Yeah. 
Which one you got? Like, like I got this one. Oh, yeah. I got the That's double mine. trouble. Yeah, let's let's hear your your uh, opinion of the double trouble. Um, the dry hop take. I like this one because of the pictures. It's got mm -hmm. all of us in it. Yeah. Yep. I don't think I'll ever get rid of it because it's got a Peruvian flag on it. So it might just go hung up somewhere back there on my <laughs> my mantle of things. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I saved one for myself as well. Um, this is the one I think Sheila was drinking, right? The San San Le San La Mera Boya. Yeah, Sapalamepoa. Yeah. Yeah. Poa. Yeah. That's really good. That those are uh my uh my neighbors my neighbor's plums. So I got my neighbor's hops in the two hot beers, and my neighbor's plums yeah. in one of the doubles. And then this double trouble that I'm drinking right now is purely uh Christian's uh talent and imagination at work. All right. So which one should I drink first on, on there since we're whatever, whatever you want. I'm uh, if you want to do something different than us, uh maybe the uh the dry hop take. All right, I'll trick that. It's got a sure. flag on it. Let's see if I can open it. I don't think right I on the mic. Open it. It's not twist off, is it? It's not nope. a twist off. <laughs> <laughs> Might have to come back for the opening. Right on. Right, right on. No, but these are great. I mean, I like. The funniest thing is like, what was it? Friday. It was one of those days. This week, no Thursday, Thursday, Thursday or Wednesday, I think it was, where like, Santi's upstairs. And he's uh, doing his distance learning. And then he comes down the stairs to the basement and he goes, Dad, I think somebody left you some beer. <laughs> and I was like, wait, how do you know it's beer? And he's like, well, it's in bottles just like the ones you drink. <laughs> <laughs> and I went outside. I was able to, to catch up to Christian and was yeah. able to thank him. Um, so that, that, that's it, good. it's good to get it would have been funny if you would have been like well your face is on it so I'm yeah. assuming it's your beer <laughs> Yeah. well he knows better when someone drops something off he's not supposed to touch it just because you know we gotta clean him whatever all that kind of stuff so sure sure but it was nice well, to get a gift like that so absolutely yeah. so thank you to Christian and Hop Clouds uh, and like I said uh, the poor guy has this 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 difficult horrible problem of having a basement full of beer right now <laughs> just you just feel for him i mean the poor soul that's uh, so rough so if you do like i said want to sign up and and get your beer there is there is plenty of beer to go again it's patreon.com backslash minnesota football show you can get in on the let me see if i can remember hop take dry hop take double trouble and which is essentially the double trouble with the plums there you go okay we ready for this we've we've gone through our our, our five stages of grief <laughs> you know it was only monday that game but it feels like a month ago it, I mean, it feels it's been a long week in the first place but yeah right. uh yep another Oof, time. okay I don't know. I still can't watch replays. So yeah, I understand. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. Well, let, let's start here, uh, just because shortly after we got done recording last week, that they came out with some um, viewership numbers of finals. Uh, um, we're trying to say uh, MLS Cup conference finals from last year to this year, and the numbers were staggeringly better this year. I mean, perhaps that's because of COVID and lack of other things to watch and things to do everybody's inside but also as we tend to point out on this show when you when you put the sport on the big regular fox on the big regular rabbit ears channel turns out more people watch rather than having to like do pirate streams or go through the, the internet or whatever it is so i mean if you look at this match well last year uh you were looking at 
I don't know. You could pick any one of these. LAFC, LA Galaxy on ESPN, 586,000. On Big Fox, Sporting KC, Minnesota United, 840,000. And then your average of all of the playoff matches from last year was about 292,000. And this year, 446. So essentially doubled. It's almost like it should be prime time. It's like accessibility has advantages. Yeah, imagine that. Right. So hopefully we're getting there. I, I, I hope... You know, the people in the business, as it were, are starting to recognize, is there a demand? Really? <laughs> Do people watch this thing? Yeah. <laughs> 25 years late, but maybe it's starting to hit. <laughs> um, MLS coaches, there was some talk. Uh, there's, there's some pretty big teams without coaches right now. Toronto, LA. I can scratch off Atlanta. I had them in here. Uh, mm-hmm. Patrick Vieira's name is, is being floated. Uh I may be Toronto. I'm not sure. Um, LA, I, I guess we can just drop the Atlanta one in here. I have it later down here in the notes, but uh, it was announced that uh, Argentino, I can't think of his name right now, Gabriel Heinze, he's moving. He's going uh-huh. to Atlanta. Yep. So is, one, it, is it Heinze or Heinze? That's a good question. Because I know, I, I know Heinze, but like, they're not Argentinian at all, but they know that their lineage of the name comes from Argentina. Yeah. So like they pronounce it Heinze. And I'm like, that's a good question. Cause like when I, I saw can't it, remember, like, I would just go with Heinze. I, I seem to remember announcers saying Heinze, but you, you might be right. It might be Heinze. But here's what I was going to posit when he, and so it'd be Atlanta United versus uh, FC Dallas. That's going to be a battle of beautiful managers. You're going to have Lucci versus Heinze. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, put that one on national television. <laughs> right. Peru better, versus, better Peru versus have Argentina. Sideline cams for yes. those, those right. managers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Supermodel so managers. So there's that. Um, if we jump to NWSL, this also touches MLS, though, too, because with, with all the terrible, uh, terrible, bad, racist garbage through Utah, and what was that fool's name? Hansen, right? Delroy Hansen. Delroy, yep. Delroy, we learned that uh, the Utah Royals are moving back to Kansas City. And, and then there was also something about, is, is the MLS taking over um, RSL temporarily? Yeah, they'll be like in charge of the sale. So basically, if you can't sell to an independent invest, investor right away, basically the, the league will just take over. Okay. And that's... It's kind of how this league started, where the league owned half the clubs. So that sounds kind of yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, they'll run it as if you know it's just a league-owned club until they get enough mm-hmm. people on board to actually like invest in it and put the money into it. I was going to say that reminds me of NASL uh, Minnesota days when we, when the NASL took over that one year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, those first um, like five the, years of MLS. That's the question how. for for. Um for utah is uh, uh where are they going to play because i heard kc wasn't going to let them use their stadium yeah um, very strange and i don't know what others st- i mean like i mean kansas city is a is, is like a, a mini like midwest soccer mecca when it comes to fields but yeah. but the, where are they we'll going to play is a question like, some yeah. training field somewhere yeah like, watch it be at some high school KC used to use or something <laughs> There, there is a college, and boy, this is escaping me. We played there in high school and on our, on like our, our traveling team, and on, and a lot of the, the, 
I guess at that time it was, it was the Wizards to, to date myself, the KC Wiz. But a lot of their players came from this school. And it's a school right in the heart of Kansas City. And they had a beautiful field. And it's probably one of the best fields I've ever played on. Um, I wish ah, it's just escaping me right now. But it'd be cool if they at least temporarily, like, maybe offered their space. Yeah, I don't know. That's uh, always the thing with M- with MWSL is just finding a space for them to be able to call home or that. So, which yeah. really like makes me want to ask more questions about why they moved to KC. You know, if you don't have a place where you can p- practice or play, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, we'll yeah. see. All right, friends, let's jump in to the business here, the stuff, the MLS conference finals. We'll do the easy one here first. Uh, we had on the Eastern side, we had the crew versus new England last Sunday. Um, I don't know. We can just jump to the goal unless there was some really big things that you all that stood out to you all kind of in the first half, but in the second half in the 58th, Arthur gets the goal, uh, some nice moves between Zoran and, and Jonathan, uh, volley gets passed off to a running Artur in stride, nice low shot. Uh, that was your one goal. That was the that was the final. And and towards the end, it seemed like the, uh, the fighting Bruce Arenas, as Rodrigo uh, likes to call them, they they really put the pressure on. Like uh, Carlos Hill and uh, and Gustavo Bo were just shooting and shooting and shooting. And and uh, who's their keeper? Turner. Turner was just all over the place. Yeah. And so there you go. Yeah. Anything else you all saw? No, I I thought it was. Uh, what I expected in a game, like these two teams, like where were built in the aspect of they could, this could be like a one-zero game, and the crew has not blown out anybody in this playoffs. The closest I think it was is the two-zero against uh, against oh, was it three-zero? Was it three-zero? I forget. It's been such a long time. Anyways, I think against uh, Nashville. I think, uh, but anyways, it was one of those things where where you really wanted to see, and I and I thought New England could could pull it off but they just weren't able to create on their chances but that goal though by the crew the way he hit the ball on the ground you can like if you slow-mo it you see where the ball starts curving literally that was beautiful i I enjoyed that shot so yeah i remember i think i tweeted that this is like the end of i'm really bad at bowling you guys like epically bad at bowling (laughs) and so it reminded me of when i bowl and I, and I think I'm actually at least going to get one pin. And then at the very end, it goes off to the side in the gutter. Like that was the shot. Cause it looked like it was going to hit the post. And at the very second, it moved off right, right inside the post. <laughs> yeah. It's like a breeze came and just like a little nudge right inside. Yep. Right. You guys seen angels in the outfit at Disney movie back in the eighties. <laughs> oh yeah. And they have the angels moving the balls. That's what happened. There's like somebody yep. out there loves, loves the crew that yep. much. That... Well, after, I mean, after that first half, like I, I was trying to watch the whole thing and first half I just started like playing on my phone and I'd look up every once in a while if the commentator started to sound excited or something but there wasn't a whole lot happening and like even the it was back and forth but it was slow like they're just you know training and passing the ball around um so to finally see a shot like that actually go in and I had I was sure it wasn't going to go in and the game would just keep going like that. And you'd have to go for, go to PKs after a super like boring, absurd game. But um, no, it was solid goal and it, they were running the rest of the game. Yep. 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 And so with that, the, the crew won the, uh, the hosting rights that's actually happening tomorrow. So 
we'll talk a little bit about all the narrative around that because there's some some big storylines. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Tonight. What is happening? Where am I? This is just this is just COVID time. What is time? Yes. Thank you. Tonight on Big Fox. Um, we'll talk about their opponent in just a moment here. It's kind of sad. Uh, so we we got the Landon Donovan MLS MVP. It went to uh, Pozuelo. How do you all feel about that? Alejandro Pozuelo for Toronto. I know there was a little bit of controversy. I mean, he had a great year. There's 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 no denying that. But there were some other candidates that kind of popped up and they're like, oh, really giving it to this guy. I'll throw it to whoever wants it. Well, he wasn't the, the flashiest of that list of candidates. Uh, and once a team drops out <laughs> the way that Toronto did, you kind of forget about them and forget about their season. So mm-hmm. um, I think just because of that, uh, like in the moment, he's definitely uh, the solid choice. And then, you know, you give it a couple weeks and people think, oh, know somebody else probably should have gotten it but i i think it's a completely fair positive nod to him and it's a testament to what toronto was able to do this season not being able to play in their own country and in their own stadium and all yeah, of that right that's a big one but those are big things dude, that they had to yeah. um overcome but i mean you you saw it coming with the aspect that Toronto was not doing the best coming into the playoffs, so I think Pozuelo got 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 soaked up in that, and like his his excellence and the aspect of being on the field didn't really 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 show. I mean, we seen it right, <laughs> but the one time Boxo came out and just got blasted totally <laughs> by him like in ten five feet. You know, it was we know the talent is there, and I think he's a talented player and, and deserving of the award. Um, but you know, I think next year. Um, this is going to be a highly contested, um, you know, race in the aspect of it. For real. With the, yeah, with the Velas of the world, you know, the Pozuelo, <laughs> you know, who knows, you might even throw a, a Reynoso in there, that's I think. read my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows, yep. really? Well, that's a good segue. Are we ready? Everybody stretch. Everybody breathe. <laughs> drink. <laughs> drink. Yes, drink. That's, that's a better idea. Mm. <sighs> All right, let's do this. Double trouble. Let's do it. All right. Western Conference Final on Monday. The Seattle Sounders, Minnesota United FC. Um, same lineup as SKC. And I took a – it was funny. This is a super fast-paced match, at least the first half especially. I was trying to take notes, and I just gave up and I because I'm watching on, on the phone. So I'm like – I just got out a piece of paper because there was no way I could flat I could flip back and forth. I would just miss something. So it looks like a lot, but I was a little, I was multitasking the whole time. And I guess that's where to start is very fast pace. It was a track meet. It, um, there wasn't surprisingly, there wasn't like the big mental breakdown that we kind of ex- get used to seeing in the first 10 minutes or so. Like they were ready. They're like, all right, yeah. they, these guys want to go in fifth gear, pedal to the metal. Let's go. First ten minutes, yeah. Um, I, I noticed right away. I, I started. My eyes were starting to follow Lodero a little bit, and watching Lodero and Alonso. I just put in here right away. That battle kind of started, just for control of, of the of the midfield and the ball and the pace and everything like that. And uh, that was just fun to watch. I, I got into watching that. Um, first big attempt, or one of the ones I, I caught right away, was this corner 
on the 23rd minute and um, Juan Paulo, he almost chipped DSC. And do you guys remember this? He barely gets a hand on it to kind of tap it over. Reaches up, yep. Mm -hmm. Skims over the bar. Yes, yes. There was a lot of those just about from from Seattle in this first half. Yep. But that one, and then that, the next big thing is another big save from DSC in the 26th. Um, let's let's get into kind of the setup here of the first goal. Uh, Finley gets taken down really hard in the 27th minute. Um, do you guys remember who took him down? I can't remember. Was it Rodan? No, the Rodan collision was with Chase, I think, right? Oh, thank you. Outside. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was it Smith who took Might have been. Finley? I, there were like two of them like in that area, and I can't remember which one actually took him down. But... And there was some discussion if this should have been a red. I mean, it ends up being a yellow. I, I'm not a ref. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean, we've seen it be a red before. But that doesn't necessarily mean a whole lot. Um, yeah, I mean, if this was a regular season game, then more than likely that would have been a red. But being in this, the playoffs, the refs just tend to see them let them play. Yeah. Unless right. it's like, unless it's like extremely like he was obvious. Not in like trying to stir anything up, like you know what, we'll, we'll call it a yellow, and you guys just move on with the night. That's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So Bebelo steps up. Do either one of you want to take this thing? Who, who wants to? Speak on the glory. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he steps up. It was, what, like 20 yards out or so? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, the, there's a solid wall between him and goal, but he just lofted it right over the wall. Um, a few Seattle fans were saying that it may have been deflected off the wall, but I watched a couple more angles, and it just curves Yep. Bends at just the right time and slides right in on the, the right post. Bend it uh, like Bebelo. Yeah. Right past Turner. You, you had no chance on that one. But uh, yeah, skim great. Goal. Yeah. I mean, that's we, we've been wanting to see a free kick bender mm -hmm. like that from Reynoso ever, ever, ever since he came on board. And we were close. We've been close a couple of times. Yeah. Right. And this was, I think it was just placed perfectly. Like you want it closer to the middle, like the goalie has to decide which side he's going to cover on and then, uh, and then react. I think, you know, he hit it perfectly and it was, it was a beauty to watch over and over again. Like that was like the highlight of, of, of the first half for me. It was just watching that on replay and, and watching uh, Fry, just uh, Stephen Fry, just, just, reach for it but not totally get to it yeah also another it's, thing about stefan is that in the previous game he was wearing like a mullet type haircut it was weird <laughs> and for this one he got it all cut off so like so like he was much better like i would i would felt give your him vibes you felt your vibes rodrigo i was like i was like why is it well i did tweet it out to like the mls uh call up and they were like I'll we don't see, know what's going go. on and i was like he probably i was like what's with this mullet but anyways right um yeah, and I think that was that that was the at this point the tempo had been like equal. Like usually we're used to getting bombarded by attack, but we were able to contain and actually protect that midfield in a sense, right? And I think it was a lot of back and forth, back and forth. Um Lodeiro was being Lodeiro was being checked. And I think he wasn't as creative as we've seen him be creative in other situations. Yep. I think that was something that was that I was happy to see going going into um the first half. So Morris, um, uh, Morris running down the left side. Normally, he's used to being able to just take advantage of that speed and 
uh, penetrate straight through and get a shot off. And he was able to get through midfield, but they kind of let him and let the defense catch up to him, basically. So anytime the midfield let anyone through a boxy or Tabasi or Metinher, if someone was there to just slide and tap it out and send it back the other way. So if I'm not mistaken, this this was the first direct pre-kick goal by Minnesota United in MLS era, right? That's what they were saying on the broadcast. And then someone brought up the uh Surratt goal. Okay. So a while back. Um uh, which I'm not sure that that was actually a direct free kick. I can't remember either. <laughs> I just can't remember. Um, I don't know if uh, Bridget, if you remember this, Rodrigo, I'm sure you will. When this happened, I mean, I, I swore very loud and probably woke up my children. But the other thing that I couldn't stop thinking of was Roberto Carlos. It reminded me so much of a Roberto <laughs> Carlos free kick. No, if this would that have been like 30 match. yards out and he and he took like That's a 10 true. yard run to That's it true. and like hit it be, in, then he I, needed yeah. to be at midfield. He needed to be at right. midfield. But, but but just watching the technique though, it reminded me of it. Yeah. No, no, it was great technique. When we we've known what he's capable of, and I think honestly, this game was sort of his coming out party to the rest of the world because like yeah. everybody was watching, and a lot of the pundits who were like, you know, he's like he's not top five. I'm like, yeah, you will. Pun- you, you pundits are pundit singular. I feel like right. you're just going after Davies right now. <laughs> well, Davies knows. <laughs> Davies knows. I tweeted enough at him. He should know by now. And if not, no, anybody else who's on that show that knows me probably already knows. Told them in the aspect. Get him. Like it's 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 one of those things. Like he is. I mean, even the soccer cooligans after that goal said, "Okay, Boca. Okay, MLS. Go hire anyone at Boca, even the ball boy." Right, Pretty just much. go bring them all over. Like, yeah, I mean, all the commentators just are sitting there telling all the stories that they've picked up about each guy, like as they get the ball, and every time he got it, they just kept going off on about him, and they were just enthralled by you know how he was playing, and they're not just like telling these stories randomly. They like he gives them enough to talk about through the match. So, yeah, it was a solid showing for him. Here's here's a throwback to you. See if you remember. He reminds me a little bit of a Tampa Bay mutiny, Carlos Valderrama, in a sense. Doesn't score, oh. doesn't score very well, but is able to provide lots of assists and, mm-hmm. and direct refills. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. I hear that. Um, so there we are. We are up amazingly, one nil. Uh, in the 35th and 38th, uh, Metnair gets goes down pretty hard at one time. The 35th, then he goes down again, and he is clearly hurt i don't know if you've heard any updates of what's going on um but he actually he's out he he walks off and heath is forced to do a a early sub uh so hasani dotson goes in and somewhere between the 38th and 40th minute um a little scary to lose metner that early mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the the story would continue as it were <laughs> i mean when you use up one of your apparently only two subs in the first <laughs> yep 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 yeah and, and, I, uh, and i think it was a hamstring thing because he kept grabbing his yeah, ham- was, hamstring and, but the thing okay. too is when just he went that, down that second time it was definitely yeah. him so so it was uh, that hamstring aspect of it but i i it, it, it was not the greatest thing because he was playing decently he was doing a good job of containing and um i'm not trying to shut down um Dotson, but I just think it was a different change of pace, a different right. types of tactics when he comes yeah. in playing. It's not his strongest spot. 
he can play wherever, but that is not his strongest spot. Correct. Yeah, as we've talked about. Uh, Debasi had a nice stop on Ruiz. He's starting to get hot, like in the 40, 41st. And then I think, uh, or maybe he gets the shot off. And DSC collects it. I don't know. This is so hard to remember now. <laughs> uh, Gasper, I do remember. Like back and forth. There's yes. so much just. Oh, that's what it was, the back and forth. Yeah. And I, I do remember the Gaspers, a uh, little slide just coming in to, to clear. Uh, that was yeah. that was pretty awesome. It ended up being a goal kick. Uh, Rui Diaz, once again, shot. But then we we survive. We get to halftime with a 1-0 lead. Pretty amazing. Um, I'll skip down a little bit. So we get into the second half. Any other first half things you all want to mention before we go? I think we just contained, right? We sur- we survived yeah. and we were adapting to the pressure that they were providing. And we were trying to look for that quick outlet, uh, specifically to Reynoso. When we got those chances, we we were dangerous, right? Like whenever Reynoso got on the ball, everyone was like, let's focus on trying to stop him. And then like space opened up. We just weren't fortunate to to do that. We had chances. Like we had chances to score. And so did, so did uh, the Sounders. But they did. It's. It felt that after the first twenty minutes, we were much more settled in the aspect of how we were going to um, deal with this attack. Agreed. Agreed. Um, going into the second half, then uh, I got another another one of the. They were coming kind of traditional box hall uh, back heel clearances. <laughs> he, he he loves to do them. He does them well, and they're they're just fun to watch. So he did another one there, um, in the fifty third. We had what appeared to look like a, a Rui Diaz goal, um, but then the replay clearly showed him basically do a kind of a hockey body check to exactly <laughs> a body check to box off. He's <laughs> like to, make, I love to that give himself though. the one v one. I love that though. When you <laughs> they, get a they, little guy to push up a big tall guy and just knock yeah. him down, like the anti-bully <laughs> image is totally. Boxy left. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't spend much. It went to VAR, but he didn't spend much time there. That's a shoot, though. I mean, like you get knocked over from someone who's smaller than you. Like, all right, he's on the ground, like calling for the foul, and at the same time, he's like laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, good stuff. Um, There was in the 59th. I remember this. uh, I just remember it being just at the edge of my seat. There was a lot of back and forth, poor clearances. We talked about how well they did. Uh, main uh, containing well in the 59th they probably had two or three shots within like one minute and somehow survived they got super lucky on that I, I can't even remember all the back and forth and back and forth but that yeah, ball just kept the circulating like ping pong in there and just in and out in and out in and out exactly. and finally, finally trickled back out yep yep uh, Jordan Morris hits the post in the 64th not fun and i mean he hit the post hard oh my god Dude, oh, when, yeah. when we when i the saw that i was like drive. like i shook yeah <laughs> like it's yep. like i felt i was the post i was like holy cow that that net rippled for like 10 seconds after yes yes it did ds dsc had no chance he just looked at it and was like all right post <laughs> like, you're with me okay. <laughs> that's what i'm saying like if, if we have a uh a second mvp in this for Minnesota United, it has to be the goalpost. Like, seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yep, for real. I agree. If it's not boxy off the line, it's the goalpost. <laughs> Hitting the post sometimes. <laughs> uh, into the 66, some more amazingness. Um, we get we have a uh, – was a was it a corner? I put a free – was it a corner yeah. or a free kick? Corner, right? Yes. Yes. So. 
So Bebe, Bebelo gets up there for the corner. I think we're supposed to be calling him Ray. I I, I like to say Bebelo, but he says but, he likes to be called Ray. Yeah, the, they were talking about that on the on the broadcast. He so his he's the youngest brother. So his uh-huh. brothers call him Bebelo, a play on baby. Yep. And um, but all of his teammates call him Ray. Ray, uh, we can do that. Yeah, short for. Can't wait till someone in Minnesota United um, supporters group comes up with a Star Wars Ray. Mm. Typical, typical type of thing. It'd be, that'd be great. I can't wait. Nice. So Ray does the corner, and Debasi just basically skies over everybody and mm-hmm. gets the header. 2 0, 66th. Pretty wild. Pretty wild. And it looked like I put in here both Kamara and Finley were other options too. So I think even if you would have missed it, there were other options there. Right. And actually that was that was a free kick. Sorry. No. I, it was I a thought, free kick. Yeah, it was a free kick. So it was, yeah. No, it was that weird it was angle. Twice though. Yeah. It's twice still now, right? That that um that the bossy scores two headers, mm-hmm. right? It's two games in a row. And I'm really liking the way that he actually goes for the ball and attacks the ball. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, that makes me even more excited. I love celebrating center back goals. Like that's one of my favorite things yeah. too. Like that's, you know, when I had scored one, I, you know, I would have gone crazy in the stadium. I think when mm-hmm. these two, the bossy goals were beautiful headers. Yep. And, yep. and that's, that makes you, that makes you excited for what we have upcoming in that sense. I think yeah. that's the confusion now that you mentioned it. Cause last week it was the corner that he got his head on. Right. And this week it was a free kick that he got his head on. And it, I mean, everything leading up to that was a little confusing too so i i think at one point it was actually called as a corner but yeah it was that super tight angle and it was basically a reenactment of his last header Mm -hmm. just looks Mm -hmm. right up and takes it so all right friends so at this point we're going into the 70th 70th minute leading 2-0 against probably the best team in the mls (laughs) and everybody's feeling pretty good we're we're flying pretty high and what's that whole thing? They say 2 0 is the, is the worst the lead to have. And then, lead in soccer. Yep. That's yeah. what you were worst saying when we were watching lead. the game. We were like, 2 0 is the worst lead to, to have in soccer. And boy, do I, do I hate when that thing is right. There, but, there know, is... it, it took longer than I expected. Mm-hmm. Normally, that's, that's something that will give up pretty quickly. Like you score that second, and then right away, um, things start to fall apart. But so, so Schmetzer brings a couple subs in, actually brings like three in, but Lairdham and Bruin are maybe the two to focus on because as soon as those two come in, there's a drastic change in, in tempo and feel and momentum, right? We, do we agree with this? Yeah. Like I the mean, game just feels different. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it was kind of similar to the first half in that Bruin plays a lot like Morris does where he just takes the ball and takes off running um the difference is that he has a bit more skill on the ball and can shoot uh morris tends to just get lucky but bruin finds those spaces and uh, <laughs> get lucky <laughs> that's a good that's a good description i was like we're like yeah it's like i was like he doesn't he shoot enough but i'm like no you're right he gets lucky he gets lucky yeah, yeah. He, it, i mean it happens to work out for him quite often that's Um, that's a really good segue though not because of not necessarily because of skill whereas Bruin he I mean if he sees his spot and goes for it uh chances are it's going in speaking of which three minutes later (laughs) Bruin just in 
<laughs> scores. Um, this one is just, it's so hard to, to, to pick this one apart. I think it was just bad luck for the loons on this one. I mean, it, right. it bounces off of Boxall. Ruiz R- R- shoots it first, right? Bounces off of Boxall and basically just lands at Bruins' feet to, to put it in and shoot one time. And it's, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah, Bruin did what he was supposed to do. He got an opportunity and he shot it low. I mean, you can't really do anything. The, the rebound was just one of those crazy things that will happen, but hasn't happened to us that often, I think. Because usually when you shoot and it hits someone, it usually goes wide. <laughs> but this yeah. is just like hit it. I don't know what it was, like this, this top spin or whatever it was. Or when you hit box, it just literally like took a two two foot bounce. And then there's Bruin just to shoot the ball. Yep. Two one. And like you got like like we're gonna talk about, that's when like the tempo started changing. Absolutely. And at that point, a lot of our players were tired. Like we hadn't seen a lot from Molino. We I'd, I'd seen more work from uh Finley. Lude was trying to do things, but it wasn't as successful as previous times. So I think it would have been yeah. time to start thinking about we're up to one, we're up to one. Do you think we have another goal in us? And I, I and at that point, I would have been like, you know what, just just bunker it down, and just try to survive. And if you get and if you go into extra time, and then maybe that's when you bring in your Kai Kamara's or your other people to be able to change the pace of that. So. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, it's not fun to go back to this part now. Eightieth um, minute, Gasper takes down Rodan. Uh, probably should have been PK, but VAR actually kind of let that one go. Uh, it, it was a pretty bad challenge, to say the least. Um, again, representing what Rodrigo, Rodrigo, what you were just talking about, just all of a sudden the pressure is getting to them. Um, momentum picks up. Let's go to 89th minute. We're basically in, in stoppage time here. Rodriguez, Rodrigo, take it away. Peru, Peru, this this is what he does. He is just a destroyer in there. And, and I didn't even mention a couple other shots he had. He had, he had one that bounced off the post, too, at one point. He, he, had, he took, like, eight shots. Throughout he had a lot of game. shots. So he was shooting. But I think the thing, too, is that, you know, the fatigue aspect for us at that point, don't know, because how do you leave him unmarked? <laughs> right? So... Um, right. So, sorry, I was trying to, it's all right. Um, Rudy Diaz hits the post again in the 91st, another one. And then we get to the 93rd minute. So now we are in stoppage time and it's tied two, two. Was, was this a question of how, how are you feeling at this point? The two of you, were you thinking that it's, it's going to happen or we're going to get this thing at least into stoppage time or this, we can, maybe we can at least sneak to PKs or what, what was the vibe? I'm just curious what you all were feeling what, what, from what you were seeing. I was still feeling pretty good about it. I mean, we, we hadn't completely like fallen apart and let off the gas. Um, still pressuring, but not, uh, I mean, we, we didn't quite park the bus as maybe we should have, um, but there was still uh, still enough energy on that back line. They were focused. They were ready to go, uh, or so it seemed. Um, so it seemed. 
but yeah getting into that 90th minute it's like everyone just kind of got tired at exactly the same time and uh you know he his typical line is he doesn't want to throw off uh the momentum or the energy or anything like that but when you've got i mean we have what two subs at that point so you've got nine guys who are just absolutely gassed yes yes three three, four days they just played thursday um it it was kind of unfair to make them work their way through that it was ridiculous the substitutions are definitely something that we can we can talk about here in a sec. Ninety um, third minute, there's another goal. Svensson. right? Who uh, just recently come in too, right? Yes, yes, he did. Yep. Yes, he did. And who, um, who was a? Because he had to be quarantined because he played for is it Finland? Uh, Sweden. Sweden. Sorry, there you go. So, yep. yep, he gets up on a on a set piece, heads it in. I mean. This one you can absolutely blame some of the defenders on because he goes far post and it is wide open. I mean, there's nobody there. So, you know, whether it's the fatigue, whether it's losing your guy, whether it's being pulled out, I can't even remember exactly what happened, but I just remember seeing the open space there and he had everything he needed and he scored. And then shortly after that, the whistle blew and, uh, that was the final three to two Seattle and uh, Minnesota United were done, which was a very, very hard way to lose, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to give up three goals in what was it like 18 minutes? Yeah. I mean, going down three, two at like the 70th minute is one thing, but you know, two, two right at the end of stoppage time. If they had like, they could have right. blown the whistle on that play before. Yep. I would have been okay with a three, two loss. If it would have been like, we were losing 3-2 going to the 70th plus. Spread it out. Right. I mean, like, okay, we did what we did, you know. But a 3-2 loss literally at the whistle is just it's just heartbreaking. So let's talk about it because I think substitutions, what Bridget was was alluding to, is is I don't even – I have my opinions of Heath. They are what they are. But this is something that's been just a kind of kind of a continual thing. What could, what could he or could the team have done maybe to, to alleviate some of that pressure? I mean – um, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, aha, or giving, giving one of the center backs a break, putting somebody in there to, uh, to shore that up. Maybe one of the midfielders, Harrison might've been a choice. What do you all think? I mean, I, I know that Dotson coming in for, um, that there threw things off a little bit. He was obviously meant to be the, the midfield sub, whether that was going in for Molino or Ozzy, who's was still definitely not 90 minute fit. Um, yeah. But having to come in at right back, I think uh, it's like he makes his game plan around two subs and doesn't know how to use the rest of his bench. Uh, but they, they needed some fresh leg up front, not pulling Molino out. Molino wasn't even, he and Ray weren't, as hot as they were Thursday That's night. true. That's a good point. But, he was pretty quiet. Yeah, we didn't really see that partnership until it was probably like the 50th or 55th minute or something like that, um, where you start to see him actually like work together a little bit. Uh, 
I should mention some somewhere in there towards the end. I think it must have been before the Svensson goal. He does sub in Schoenfeld, right? Yeah. But then we could have put in like a midfielder or a defender, but instead he put in a forward. Uh, it hurts. Um, let me let me throw this one at you both. Uh, Schmetzer here. He says, quote, I don't think tactically Minnesota surprised us with anything. I think in the grand scheme of things, you can look at how how did Minnesota beat Sporting Kansas City? Well, they took their chances. And I think tonight they took the few chances that they had and certainly put us under immense pressure, unquote. So, I mean, this dude knew what was coming, planned for it. You could tell even when they were 2 nil down, he was not sweating. Which Yeah, he just... Just keeps watching and, you know, prods his guys on the bench a little bit to, hey, see what's happening. Let's let's start planning, you know, how we're going to attack. And, yeah, he he was ready. And if you put out the same line, exact same lineup that you did in the last game, you know they were watching and they know exactly how you're going to play through that 90. Yeah, I, I mean, the questions that I have is, like, if if you're being pressured, you know, like Eric said, bringing a, a, in a center back, and changing your formation helps you. And so I didn't understand the Kai Kamara substitution when we weren't even getting the ball out past that way. Yep. Right. Okay. So if you would have if you would have taken Kai Kamara and saved him if you were going to overtime, which is a situation where you want to do it do a change like that comes in handy. You you do that, you put another center back. Ozzy should have left at the seventieth in some sort of sense. Um, and I think when did Kai Kamara even come in? I don't even remember. It was somewhere in the second half, yeah. He came in the second half, I think. Yeah, so I I didn't mind it. That's the thing that uh, yeah. Um, let's see, let's see. see. Kai Kamara came in in the 70th, 70th, 70th. okay. And then so after uh, there, sorry, go ahead. And then then Aaron Schoenfeld came in on the 90th. Yeah, that one I do remember because I was mad. <laughs> so why were you mad, Eric? Oh, it was a dumb move. Like we were just talking about, why why bring in a substitute at that point? It would have been two two. It would have been tied up. Why bring a bring in a forward substitute when you, clearly the yeah. back line was tired? The midfield needed a break. Put in a center back. Put you in a midfielder. Ball past the midfield. Another striker is not necessarily going to help you. Exactly. And Specifically. especially not one who plays, who doesn't play through the center. Yeah. Fast forwarding, a little foreshadowing. Turns out both of these two forwards are gone. So <laughs> imagine that. Mm. Um, what do I want to say? Schmetzer completely outcoached Adrian Heath. Period. Mm-hmm. Well, you expected that had happened, right? I mean, this... This team has gone. What is this? This is their back-to-back, like uh, back finals. Back third in five years. Yeah. So have like, you? Have we, you? All, yeah. So like Please. this is this is one of the questions, right? Usually when when teams win three three championships within like a span of five or six years, the D word starts coming out, right? And by D we mean dynasty. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I have it in here somewhere. And I think it's 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 a valid valid thing. Is how has this team been able to? To keep their depth and keep keep adding on to small pieces like Joe Paulo is a small piece that's that's crucial. I think is going to have a much bigger impact next year. Um, still keep Rui Diaz. Um, you have everyone else pretty much it. So it's 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 um, 
you have the Roldan brothers who, as much as I hate watching them play against me, they, they, they do their job, right? They, they're able to do what they, they do. And we don't have, you know, we don't have that yet. I still feel that we need to get more in the aspect of death. But this is what this is what you do in organization. When organization tells you, do what you need to do. Have you all have all all of you watched uh, the Queen's Gambit? Um, not all of it. Okay, but you've you've seen a couple episodes. You know, you get the vibe. You know what's happening. Um, That's great. It's phenomenal. It's it's, it's excellent. So I I feel like. <laughs> I was thinking of like an analogy. It's like Adrian Heath and Brian Schmetzer are playing chess and Adrian Heath is just, it's one of those matches and like you'd see in the, in the, in the series where she, she, it looks like she's losing, but she's staying cool. She's like two or three moves still ahead. And at the last second, boom, 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 boom. It's checkmate and it's over. Like against one of like the Russian giants. It's like, you know, she's been reading all, all of his books and learning all the moves and everybody just assumes she's gone. And then like in two moves, the match is over. Like that was Schmetzer, right? He's just like, you're beating me, you're beating me, you're beating me, and I win. <laughs> well, I mean, it's extremely smart to keep Will Bruin coming off the bench, knowing what he can do. And, and it's Benson, right? Because they all knew, like, everyone's role is not predetermined, but they all know what they're supposed to do. And this group has been together for mostly three to four years. So they totally understand what, 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 what's, in, what's in play and how they play. I think uh, Morris, you know, is always a great player. Um, how he's able to just break down defenses with his with his dribbling at them and, and keep it. Rui Diaz just finds those those small little spaces. And this wasn't a, 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 a great game by Nico either, right? I mean, the only assist he had was on on a corner kick. He Definitely not in the first insane. half. He was shut yeah. down in the first half. So yeah. it's one of those things where, like, it wasn't his strongest game. We didn't have strong games either. I mean, Molino... Molino and Lude were, were didn't have their best game, but we were still able to create, right? So that's where experience comes into play, right? I feel like it was the def- I think it, I feel like it was the defense. If we had a stronger defense, it would have been a different game. It was like Definitely. grade school soccer, like just like dropping the ball. Yeah, it felt like that in the last twenty minutes. That's for sure. Um, I'm taking some positives from it. Uh, Reynoso basically set a playoff assist record, which is pretty amazing. Seven assists in the, in the last few matches, which is awesome. Um, I think we mentioned the first direct free kick where we're, we're speculating. Maybe that has yet to be confirmed, but we think so. So congrats to Seattle Sounders. I suppose that's happening tonight. Seattle versus Columbus in Columbus. Uh, there's a lot of narrative there. I can, let me jump to that. I've got it somewhere in here. Um, so like, like Rodrigo mentioned dynasty, this would be their, what is it? Fourth final in five years, two of which they've won. Um, so if, if they do win this, you're talking three wins in five years. I think that kind of solidifies it. And then on the other side of that Columbus crew, this will be the last playoff at Maffrey Stadium, which is kind of a hollowed ground of, of U.S. soccer, both for the Columbus crew and for the U.S. men's national team. Lots and lots of history there. Uh, the, you take that with the fact of the team was almost gone last year. If you all remember, we talked about it on the show, had to save the crew. We're going to move the crew to Austin. Austin still ends up with the team, but then 
some investors, uh, I can't remember the name of the family, decided to put the money down to keep the crew also. Uh, and now they're in the final. So, I mean, you've got, you've got these great stories that are kind of developing to see how that all kind of play out. I mean, imagine opening your new stadium next year and draping a, a championship uh, a banner. That's, that's kind of the way to do it. <laughs> And wearing a new fancy silver championship MLS patch on your sleeve as you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, they also have their issues coming up, right? I mean, did Nagby finally get cleared? Did those two players finally get medically cleared? I. It does not appear so. I don't so think so either. That's a yeah. Tough one. So you lost Nagmi and Santos for for COVID. Right. I'm finally glad that we were able to like. When we were Cal, um, was like it was it was it Sancho, right? The whole Sancho debacle that we had, yeah. Like all all of a sudden now everyone's saying Santos. So, oh yeah yeah yeah. So I'm finally glad that we cleared cleared up because we have a few more things to talk about here. But let me we'll take a break. But let me ask you all for the for this evening, um, how do you feel about this match? This this MLS Cup final in a tumultuous, strange pandemic a year i mean the fact that this is even happening is is kind of incredible uh should it even be happening no it should not but it is um who's gonna win this i would like to say columbus but i have a feeling it's going to be seattle sheila rodrigo i think um you always win or lose say that you lost the champions so That's in this case, point. Seattle. Sheila. Um, I am going to say the opposite. I'm going to say Seattle loses. Mm, I like it. I like it. I think I think it's going to go to PKs. I want to see a PK final. All the chaos. Please chaos. give me the, give me the chaos. Wait, so so two extra times and then PKs, right? Honestly, I think Seattle wins it in regular time, but I'm hoping for the PK chaos. Look, look, I, I need, I need the, I need the K novella drama. That's what I need in my, yeah. in my, in, in my Saturday afternoon. So I, I want it to be like, like PKs Orlando PKs. Yeah. Oh, that'd be spectacular. <laughs> let's let's have this thing go to like midnight. <laughs> um, I've got a piece of gossip. Oh, please. Um, so I heard, remember when like all these MLS or all these Lions players uh, got COVID? Mm-hmm. Remember this? Of course. Yep. Yeah. Um, it was because they went out drinking. See, we, we blamed it on the, uh, on the Bombilla Maldita, on the, on the, they uh, totally mate. went out drinking, Eric. Really? Yes. Like all of them? A, bu- a bunch of them, the ones that got sick. Because uh. because it was the two it was it was the Uruguayo and the Argentino that were the first two so we we assumed that might have mate related so they were just they were just partying was it here in the Twin Cities or elsewhere I I don't I don't know I just that's okay. why I said it's gossip but I do know I have an inside source that told me this well we're gonna have to give so off camera we're gonna learn more about this <laughs> <laughs> it's good stuff that that's Patreon content Sheila. Here's my thing though, like, why didn't why, why didn't Tomas get it then? Because usually he's super tight with all the Uruguayos. Yeah, and he goes out, True. but but he seems like a really extreme introvert. Like, if you ever follow him in his IG stories or anything, he seems like an extreme introvert. 
So, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Well, let's take a break. We'll do more uh, Minnesota United, and we got a bunch of international stuff to kind of burn through as well. Uh, busy week, but we'll be back. Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be dreaming because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. All right, welcome back to the Minnesota football show. Rodrigo, Bridget, Sheila are here. My name is Eric. We've got more stuff to cover. So we learned uh, Minnesota United obviously out and all of a sudden the roster stuff starts moving. We start looking in at uh, new potential targets and building and figuring out what's going what's gonna to happen for next year, what things are going to look like. Um, one of the things that was kind of floated was Will Trapp, who's currently at uh, Miami, into Miami, used to be at, uh, I always write this wrong. Was it, is it Colorado or Columbus? Columbus, right? Columbus. I don't know why I put COL. I should just put the crew. Just, I, I only I, confuse I myself. <laughs> so anyway, it was it was reported that he may be uh, being traded to Minnesota United. Uh, Will Trap being more of a six, which you know we we talk about what's going to happen with Ozzy. Is Ozzy even coming back? He's he's getting up there in age now. So uh, what do you all think? Is is this kind of gradually this this is the move to kind of phase him out and Ozzy kind of being the mentor or uh I don't know what do you all think with a, a potential Will Trap? well he's it's not like Trap is a a young kid who needs to like come study under the MLS veteran and Ozzy Alonzo that's fair yeah. um, so it's I don't see him as really a long-term placement either um what we learned yesterday through the presser with Heath was um they have offered Ozzy a spot, whether that's um, more of like a player manager rather than, or and or a bench player rather than you know a starter. Um, obviously, he's. If you look at this season, uh, he's not going to be a starter much longer. Um, so, you know, they're letting him kind of figure out what he wants to do long term. Um, Keith brought up like front office management, all of that kind of stuff. So, Oh, really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, whether ah. that's here or elsewhere, but they, you know, they're talking about the long-term plan is, um, and he's basically taking the weekend to talk it over with family and see what, what he wants to do. If that's play a couple more years until he can't play anymore, or if he wants to kind of start like transitioning into a new role. So, um, ah, okay. But I don't see, I mean, I can see trap, taking that that spot um he'd be a quick solution uh it's he's been around enough that it's not going to be like bringing a like a a drafty or rookie in um you know fresh legs to fill the role uh so he, he has the experience he'd be a decent fit with this squad um not a flashy signing by any means but a dependable one and there's nothing wrong with we've done pretty well with the the journeyman starters so i can see it it's he's not going to be like the long-term slashy fix but 
Well, let's talk about that list. You, you kind of alluded to it there. And, and bef- while we do that, let me ask you all, what do you think some of the holes are that do need to be filled? Um, so this, this kind of started with Kamara put, basically saying his goodbye on, on Twitter and Instagram. And was like, oh, well, okay, I guess there's one down before the team even released anything. So, and then, and then that was confirmed. So that was, that was kind of a, a quick, he just got here and now he's gone. <laughs> but I mean, if we're being honest, did he really contribute a lot to this team? No, he didn't. Um, you know, when you look at this list of, of, of who's out, I don't think there's a, a whole bunch of surprises. I, I wasn't too surprised. It's, it's sad about the whole Raheem Edwards thing that that didn't work out. Um, I think it's interesting that in discussion still with, with Brent Coleman, considering all the, uh, the, the tensions as it were around him, but We'll see how that, I guess, pans out. Right, but, um, but the club yeah, doesn't care about guy. tensions. Why? Uh, why haven't they just gotten rid of the fans? Yeah, the tension is not with the, as Bridget said, it's not with the fan. It's it's not with the club. It's with us. So, like, yeah, that's the I understand thing. that. So the, well, that, that brings up a whole. So. That brings up a whole another discussion, though. I mean, right? No, I totally get that. But I, I think, I think it's just like, I get that that people are upset about that, and I am too. But. And in fact, it's not my money, <laughs> so it's not like right. it's coming out of my pocket, and it's and not they... the one I'm in a position to make. Though, so well, but it kind of is. I mean, so it's part of part of part of my 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 uh, tickets go go to pay Brent Coleman. You can yeah, exactly. It, it... Well, but then you also have to consider the uh, community and homegrown aspect, where they want to still be able to say that they have a Minnesotan on the team. Um, being Minnesota's club, and he Still, is the last remaining. I, Sheila, you're shaking your head. No, no. But <laughs> I mean, you still have Finley. We picked yeah. up his option. I mean, who cares? He just his get, Minnesota. Just, the guy citizen. sucks. Yeah. Just, just fucking fire him. I'm sure he'll be loaned out. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they're not negotiating whether he's going to be a 90 minute starter in the face of the club. They're determining whether you know they're going to keep paying his salary and send him out somewhere, right? Or if, straight up i think this this all really ties to ike that's what it really ties to yeah really that's what it really ties to so that's and and it looks like i mean and they they're they're picking him up so what so okay you you all know this better than i do let me ask you about the ike story because he posted something too that i kind of sort of saw but something about his wife was really ill and maybe this was kind of the basis of the situation go ahead i i didn't see any of that i don't know i mean it makes sense to be honest with it, like his wife from the post um, had to had was a has a certain disease and then had to had certain organs removed. And so if you so it's been like an extremely tough year. So like if you are a person who is going to be perhaps exposed at some point or the other, do you make the decision not to be involved at all? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I mean that's my assumption that how why this all makes sense why no one really talked about it because it's a it's not only a it's medical a thing but it's thing. but it's it's something that relates to to, to the aspect of family right and yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, it was a choice personal. right it was a choice at the beginning of the season in the aspect of like if you are you going to be part of this pool or not are you going to play or not and I think yeah I mean you just got to remember these guys don't make that much money right some of them some of them do well. <laughs> A small fraction of them. Yeah. I mean, but you have to remember that they, even if they're making, you know, a lot of money, like this is, this is it. 
Like right. this is like this five years and or whatever. They, or and the money years. and insurance is for them. Not, it's not like they're hanging on to an insurance plan for the family and working for right. that. So exactly, exactly. I mean, it, it did seem like a COVID related thing at the beginning with the opt out. And now, I mean, they admit concussions are a factor and yeah, that's always going to be a factor in any choice that they make going forward with him. Uh, it's kind of the nature of, you know, the injuries that he's had so that's always going to be a consideration but yeah it's like at a certain point it's like you just got to take care of yourself you mean just like yeah. certain like and it's living it's, or it's, dying or like being able to take care of your family it's going to come first over like being right. able to play and it's good to see that the club is value, valuing that aspect of it and you know giving him the freedom to make that choice yeah. and not like pulling his contract and using it against him to say hey you either play or you go they're going to keep them they're going to keep uh i mean they he's still on contract they picked up his option they're going to hang on to him well and also you have to remember that there are lawsuits that have happened because of the concussion thing and they if they you know they could be liable if they make him play and he ends up you know well no like i'm not saying that they would make him play, but I mean, you see some clubs where a player makes a decision to value their own health and the health of their family over say their contract. And the club says, you know, we have no, uh, we have no obligation to help you with this. So to see Minnesota step up and say, Hey, yes, we're going to help you do the right thing by you and your family. That's good to see. Um, when as a business, you could see them doing something completely different, but that's not right. what Minnesota is doing. Right. Um, I'm, just, I'm just, I'm just saying that like, it's also no, I, interest to not to, I, I, to do it the way they're doing because they, they have, themselves. they have wallet related, uh, reasons to not be jerks. Yes. <laughs> I also think so too, is like, if, if, if this would have been like, I don't know, like, uh, um, a Kevin Partida or someone who had the same situation would, would would the club feel the same way, right? I mean, I, I think like IP if he's not the, the face of MLS and the well-known right. guy that is, would, right? If it yeah. would have been like yeah. uh, someone like that, would it would it would it be? Got I, I think you're absolutely right. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, that's a good he's point. got a lot of clout. Let me ask you all this because we had some questions kind of related to these things here. Um, our our amazing. Super Brewer Christian Pitchett for the uh, Hop Clouds. We already kind of covered uh, Will Trap, and so back to the cuts. Yes, thoughts on the MNUFC cuts? Any any other surprises? I, I think we kind of covered that one as well, right? No, nothing too surprising there. Watching the forwards go, watching some of the the guys that really didn't get much time playing anywhere. No big deal. No no issues. I mean, I mean, the Uruguayo was was got some major uh-huh. playing okay. time. That's true. That's, that's in the tournament. Yeah, that's the one that I'm a little confused about. Because yeah. I knew he was leaving because I, I follow his Instagram. Just like I learned from the good Mark Fengmeyer. To, if oh, you follow, so. that's that's another level. <laughs> that's like, so like I saw him posting that he was at the airport, like, in, and he took a picture of like boarding. You know, like he's like, oh well, he's going to Uruguay, and I'm like, is he going for Christmas? I hope so, but at the same yeah, time, Mark, like, Mark's got like drones, like in all the players' dude, bedrooms. Drones just, like, got around. <laughs> Mark's got a science. That's what Mark has. He's developed a science. Let me ask. So he also asked, um, and this kind of ties in with the other question from uh, E grade A. 
Uh, Christian asks, best acquisition targets for the offseason? And E-Grade A asks, any of the strikers that have been floated, Larin, or Larin, rather, Johnson, et cetera, interest you? I'll throw that one out. I honestly didn't even know that the uh, jo- Johansson and, and Larin were, were in there, but that kind of makes me excited, so I'll put it out. I mean, those are the names that have been said are available, free agents who have you know, shown some interest in coming to MLS in the past. So uh, this time of year, all sorts of names come up because, you know, so-and-so happens to be available at just the right time. And this club is looking for that position. Um, It would be really interesting to see Laren come in. I wouldn't argue against that. Uh, I also just don't put a whole lot of stock into the list of names that come out this time of year. Sure. Yeah. I, I agree with Bridget. I was like, I wait till we're later into the end of December when we really have to start making decisions of what we're going to do because this club has several decisions, right? We only technically have, as you guys talked about, we only have one forward, right? Um, we still on the contract. Seen play. Right? Yeah. Right. Who hasn't, he's only played like two minutes, I think, right? That one game. Yeah. And so then, then the aspect that they, that they're in negotiations with Amadija makes it seem that, you wouldn't you wouldn't do something like that unless you're like deep into discussions that something's going to happen. At least that's my assessment. Same thing with Ozzy, right? Right. Because what are your other uh, target positions though? Like I asked earlier, what what do you think needs to be filled? I I think you need to look at um if you look at our current depth of center back, and I'm taking Ike out of this equation, we only have three. Uh, and if because we're in negotiations with Coleman, so if you want to get one more and then perhaps get uh, either a right back or a left back, um, so we can uh, so so we can have someone back up Chase or someone back yep. up Metinier whenever that I happens. Like that. Yeah, I think our midfield, like with the players that we did let go, right? I mean, we still we still have Hayes picked up Hayes, working on Hairston. We have Finley, we have Reynoso. Um, you still have uh, Molino, Lude. Um, so that's that's the core oh. aspect of it, right? Molino's being negotiated. So. Yeah, he's yeah. yeah exactly. But here's the thing, though: Molino can 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 try and get one point five two million dollars wherever he wants to, but he's not going to be as successful if he doesn't have someone like Reynoso passing him the ball, yep. right? So so like people are saying, well, he can go wherever he wants to. So he can go to Austin. He's like, sure, he can. They'll pay him two million dollars for it. But is he going to have some someone who's going to pass on the ball, or he's going to be in charge of creating offense? If he's in charge of creating offense, that's a hard sell. Or a coach, coach that worships him. I mean, Adrian Heath is going to give him what he needs. He's I not mean, we've we've said the last couple of years that the reason he's still here is because Heath likes him. It's not because right. of his plan on the field. How, how do we feel of um, Dwyer Watch? <laughs> even if you remove the the injuries from the equation and the ACL, like he was still here because he was. He was Heath's guy. Um, and now this season, we finally see uh, the value on the field that, you know, everyone talks about about him. And we're finally, like, seeing the fruits of that. Um, so, yeah, him, him going somewhere now doesn't make any sense because he's just basically getting into a rhythm with the squad. Agreed. Uh, but at the same time, when, when he's not available, the entire front half of this lineup has to change unless la galaxy like throws like 10 million dollars or something on the table <laughs> then, then it's probably a done deal <laughs> look if the galaxy is going to offer any millions of millions of dollars it should be to their uh, argentinian player that they have 
that they have to make a decision on. So, yeah, yeah. Um, right on. That's that's good stuff, guys. Good good analysis there. Thank you. Uh, MLS put out their top 25 for the 25th, 25th year. I don't know if you got to see some of the names. I think most of them are pretty well justified. I think the one that directly affects all of us that was denied was Ozzy Alonso. <laughs> just, just totally snubbed. I thought that was uh, pretty brutal, to be honest. Considering everything he's done for this league, both for not just for our team, but for Seattle. But okay, sure, I suppose. Um, let's go U.S. U.S. men's national team. They just destroyed El Salvador 6-0. I mean, you, you guys know how I feel about CONCACAF. Great. Good for you. Uh, it was cool to see the goals get all spread around, though. A lot of different players, a lot of different positions. Um, Bridget, you want to take the uh, th- this week in racism segment? Because that's probably the, the main point to talk about in this match. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, like the, literally the only part of this match that I was paying attention to. Um, once again, a game while I'm at work. Uh, but yeah, so American Outlaws says that they're not going to have like a sanctioned organized uh, section at this match for obvious reasons, COVID and uh, well, the entire situation with COVID in Florida. Um, and then some photos come out. Obviously, there are still fans there. There are still some fans with uh, American Outlaws gear and flags. So they're represented in a sense. Um, but there's also a Blue Lives Matter flag, uh, the blue stripe. There's uh, all sorts of just absurd pictures, um, but videos also of um, some racist chants and dialogue that does not fit uh we should mention this was in florida (laughs) just to be clear (laughs) so you know florida being florida (laughs) and this is not long after uh you know american outlaws had taken a stance towards the black lives matter movement and standing behind the the team and uh you know for club and country and all of that um they had a chance to dust off their uh, Black Lives Matter statement from a few months ago, which was a, a clever headline by the Nutmeg as well. They happened to click save on that statement. We were able to reissue it. Um, of course, uh, distancing themselves from it since it wasn't their organized section. Um, but yeah, just, uh, just another example <laughs> of of the many incidents these days yeah the, the the little audio clip that i think most people were 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 hearing rather it's it sucks because it's it's right when the commentator kind of takes a breath and you just the mic just picks up the whatever it was against blm thing and it's just like oh <laughs> national tv yep embarrassing yeah just brutal but good on American Outlaws but to hey, be right we on won it. Six goals to zero, so yeah. America wins. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> um, let's, no, let's no I a... do. I, I would like to see this Coca-Cola team play the Europe team. <laughs> I think that would be a fun scrimmage just to watch. Oh, oh, oh I see what you're saying. You the two U.S. men's national teams against each other. Yeah, just to just to see because oh. like there there are typical things. Just you know. Yeah. Mix things up, you know, like it was nice to see um, 
who was the uh, forward that scored that had been like coming back from like a, a oh, ACL boy. tear? I forget, but but there's some really good stories. There's some good things going on. I mean, like granted, El Salvador is not the strongest team to play against, and it didn't look like they really wanted to play on that. And you know, who can blame them? But at at the same time, you know, it 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 was interesting to to, to be able to see a, a game in that in that model. So. Um, are we going to continue with the Champions League uh, on this weekend racism as well too, or no? Oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's coming. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I just, I just wanted to end by this little segment by what dropped yesterday, which I'm sure everybody's still just steaming about. Um, the USSF basically said the the fourth 2021 Concacaf Champions Champions League bid will go to who? not the runner up from MLS cup tonight or anything like that. No, it's going to Atlanta United because they didn't get a chance. Cause to... they won a thing last year, <laughs> last year, last year. So you're going to have whoever, whoever wins tonight, uh, Timbers for the tournament, Philadelphia union for the shield. And from last year, Atlanta United who were absolute trash this year. My primo Jeff, my cousin even waited and said, we do not deserve this. <laughs> So it's going to be fun watching them melt in the CCL. Right? That's what I was thinking, too, against That's some team in El Salvador. What I saw today, uh, I don't remember who it was, but it landed in my feed somehow. Um, but look, 2020 has been wild. We landed a new coach and a CCL bid and, and literally nothing else. <laughs> it's just like making up the rules as you go. It's so going to be um, Did you guys already do a toast? We did. Kind of, yeah. We can do one here before we get out. No, go ahead. Please lead the way, Sheila. I have a couple drops left. All right, hold on. Which one oh, are you drinking? Wait. Me? All right, now I have the hop take. All right. Oh, I like that beer. That's a really good beer. Yes. I'm going to have to wait for it. But, I mean, I, I think this whole thing with the mixing of the leagues, too, the Liga MX and the MLS, I just... That's just a money maker it's thing. Absurd. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I saved this one. All right. Very nice. Oh yes, very good. All right, salud. Everybody's got a different version of the Hop Clouds Minnesota Football Show. I should take a. Hold on, let me get get the get the thing out here. I'll take a shot. Okay, zoom her in. I don't know if I can do my own here. I'll try. Nope, I can't. You guys do yours. <laughs> All right. Well, and here, no, nice. uh, Eric. I'll just um, screenshot it. There you go. All right, fair enough. Okay, wait. I'll get mine out of the way. <laughs> Do you have enough fingers, Sheila? Okay, on the count of three, one, two, three. Beautiful. Nice. And take a break. No, this is not Issa Watch. Or G. This is as they call their spawn point. <sighs> We'd really like the Minnesota football show to be done. So now back to the show. And welcome back uh, to the Minnesota football show. Bridget, Sheila, myself, Rodrigo, Eric is on a little break. Uh, but we wanted to talk about something that came out and it was really interesting in the aspect of living in COVID land. On a conference call with reporters, MLSPA Executive Director 
Bapfu said almost 20% of MLS players tested positive for COVID-19 over the course of this season. And I just wanted to get some reactions from y'all. It's insane. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that if that is true, then they should not have had the season. <laughs> Honestly. That is... That's like, that's like five times more than the general population population. Yeah. And if you look at that as like the positivity rates, that's in the unchecked spectrum of that chart. Um, I mean, obviously this is like over the course of the season and not like a daily number, which is what the, the like general statistics look at in the country. But uh, 20% is a lot. One in five so that gives you like three of your 18 and then that doesn't even include staff right. and all of the support staff that travels exactly. with and the janitors and yep. facilities and well, in, in this mean, case it's players charter so. plane right but like right, if but you're those like, players are right. Then exposure like rate, right. spreading yeah, right. it to their community mm, right no I, I, people I totally they're contacting with right i agree yeah. I think the interesting thing for me or the the craziness is like are we counting like the bubble aspect of it, right? Because in the bubble it was I felt it was more I think this is the bubble only works if the guys don't go drinking. That's right. And get well, until they're infected. Right. So which I, they I, did. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a sip of my but beer. I, now. <laughs> But I think these stats are looking at like the regular season, not the MLS's back bubble. Okay. So the bubble of the uh, very transparent, thin bubble with many doors um, is what we're looking at uh, right. for the quote unquote regular season. So like I, I, I crunched numbers because like when stuff like this happens, I was because I, I tweeted this to, to Charles Bohm from MLS and he was like, no numbers were giving out. And I'm like, well, the easy math thing is you take total number of players playing and then you find out what 20% of that is. Right. But mm-hmm. yeah, apparently that information is not anywhere on the internet besides estimate. So a Mac, a team, a team, you know, is um, max players are going to have a roster study. Right. So I took yeah. 30 and I multiplied it by 26 teams. And then I took the 20% off of that. And this is, you know, I'm probably off by 20 or 30, but I would say probably at least 120, right? 120 players out of like, you know, 700 or something or 800 or close to 800 players, like out of roster. Got that's, that's crazy. That's like, yeah, it's insane. That's insane. Like that's, and the fact that this was just put into like, uh, when you're talking to reporters, something that, try to sneak under I, it's, it's just crazy i was oh, like by the way <laughs> oh by the Here's way 20 percent of our players Here's get infected um by deciding to have the season they were basically sending the message that okay this is special this this sport is more important than like any lives that might be lost and you're basically telling the players like your labor is you know, and what you can create for, for us people that own you is like more important than your life. 
And also and you are like, you are a special person. You have special rules for, you know, like you don't get, you don't have to follow these other regulations that like regular people have to follow. So that's why you have like this thing where, you know, people are not doing the rules. Like even with the bubble stuff, even with, oh, you know, we're gonna follow these regulations. We're gonna do this in the right way. We're gonna be safe. Then they still go out and drink together at a fucking bar and get COVID. How you feel about capitalism? They think that they don't have to follow the rules because they're special. (laughs) Well, and that's, I mean, it's just a microcosm of society at large. I mean, masks only work if everyone uses one. Obviously, it's not going to work if five people in a group of 10 are not wearing them. Uh, So this is, I mean, we're just looking at one leak here and one particular right while these numbers are bad yes that's what i was thinking too while these numbers are bad compared to college football and the nfl right now (laughs) the blip very small right and i I think that even though that's a that's a a valid point it's like it's still like 20 percent it's totally totally unacceptable it's totally unacceptable (laughs) yeah and and, and i think and i think the issue for me is just mostly the fact that there is um, and I don't want to shame people, right? But also at the same time, it's like it's 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 an aspect of like if you're going to in, uh, be part of uh, organized sports, then you should see that as a way that you need to take care of everything. Like you need to like everything needs to be like micro, micro, micro everything, right? Like make sure the players are going to their house and they're only staying in their house, and you know, like. If you need to hire interns to do that, I'm sure there's people out there who who were willing to take a job where the job is to follow four or five players around or, or whatever, right? But the thing is, like, if you need to do that in a sense, not to have this kind of like numbers, we're looking at 20%. And in this final today, you know, we have two players who are who are they're not the, the thing is not to say any more COVID, but they're not being cleared for medical for medical purposes, right? Yeah, that's the that's that's the code two, two word. Two key now. players, two key players. Yeah. Yeah, right on. I was a little out for some of that, but I'm glad you guys covered all that. I mean, just the fact that sport in general is happening, regardless of what it is, is is uncalled for and ridiculous. But capitalism going to capitalism. And just like you were saying, Sheila, I mean, it's it's profit over people. It's profit over over uh, your health and your labor. And it's almost like there should be a revolution. Almost. 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 So let's let's um, hop into international quickly. So yes, let's. Last Saturday, date is twelve five. I I have to admit I don't watch UPL anymore. No, oh, you know the, the, so. the cool thing about this was just was just the 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 tweet that I captured there. You had Pulisic score in the in the Premier League, Giorena score in the Bundesliga, and Weston McKinney with just a golazo, like a spectacular sideways yeah. scissor kick off the volley. I mean, the CCL, come on. yeah, no, yeah, Champions come League on. goal. That was great. I was oh. happy about Weston. Oh, that's right. That was the Champions League goal. This is a different goal. Yeah. Oh, this is a different. Goal? Oh, this wow. is a different goal. This, this I think this is the, one of his like bangers from way outside. But in any case, that was the first time in history you had three U.S. citizens score in the top three leagues in Europe. Never happened before, which is kind of cool. That is that is that is good to hear. So what I have here is Chelsea beat Leeds three one, and Pulisic scored one times up across. Does anyone watch the game? Because I definitely did not. Oh, this is today. I did not. 
uh, last Saturday, 12 5. I didn't get to see it either. Yeah. So if we uh, moved I, on. I, I, I think ahead. it. I think it was happening like as we were recording because we yes. were. Uh, yes, it was. But that's that's, that's correct. Was. Yep, yep, yep. So, um, Eric, do you want to talk about this? Uh, is it Millwall? Oh, freaking Millwall! Not really, but Part sure. Two of we, the, uh, yeah, that's right. That's correct. It's a two-part series. <laughs> <laughs> so, part one, um, the the players took a knee. This was during like just just their uh, their league play. I think it was. Uh-huh. And and the crowd just booed because it's Millwall. If you know Millwall, just a long history of racism and sexism and misogyny and just being like grade A POSs. Go ahead, Bridget. Imagine waiting six months to get in to watch your team play and you finally, 2,000 of you, get into a stadium to watch your team play and they take a knee like every other team and every other league in the world is doing right now and you boo. And you, you boo, yeah. Time to cheer your team to boo them for kneeling. If if you'll recall, my friend, um, I'll, I'll name drop Lexi Alexander here. She directed the Green Street Hooligans film. Millwall are the villains <laughs> in Green Street Hooligans, <laughs> and in all the iterations, I think there was like two or three after that. But it's always Millwall are the bad guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, so so part two, Bridget, go ahead. You take it. Uh, yeah, so then uh, the the next match, a few days later, Queens Park Rangers play at Millwall. A um, couple goals, including one from, God, what's his name? I don't have it on here. So a black player scores for QPR. And in celebration, he goes straight to the end line where the Millwall supporters are, takes a knee, puts a fist up and that's his goal celebration yeah. and a couple of his teammates come and do it with them uh including white players nice. um and the whole right in the he face also, uh, he also shushed the the supporters uh, <laughs> right after he scored so Bar. Uh, every everyone is watching everyone knows what's happening within Millwall. Yep. um the club of course says that they you know they can't they can't determine you know what their what their fans do and the I think it was their supporters group put out a statement saying that um, they've been supportive of every other anti-racist cause. Uh, they've done fundraisers of some sort. They've they've held banners. They've done this. They've done that, and never once have they booed. So this one example of the club, <laughs> the supporters booing, should not be an example or an illustration of them as racist people. Because one time they did a good thing, so I, I think I think to me Blah. this probably that's, has that's to be me barfing. Like, <laughs> this has to be like my current favorite goal celebration and trolling at the same time. I think that's yes, yeah, that, that's they, a good they definitely had talked about it because those two guys both just kind of look at each other like, all right, they walk up to the touchline, take me this up. Yeah, it was badass. Like, all right, it was definitely badass. Um, EPL last week, we can do pretty quickly. I think the big one was the Tottenham Arsenal and Tottenham handedly beat them 2-0. And then, Bridget, I'll throw to you. We had uh, Liverpool beat down Chionuno. Poor Chionuno. Didn't even score. <laughs> 4-0 Liverpool with with an own goal, nonetheless. Uh-huh. And a, a couple children in the lineup. So uh, <laughs> if Liverpool has gone to the academy to draw, uh, to fill out the, the 11. So, um, yeah, I that was another one that I missed, but yeah, solid. that was a big one. 
I was watching the Tottenham game just because I have two friends who always put crazy bets with each other in the aspect of it. <laughs> and so the crazy bet was every for this year was that uh, the the loser had to wear a, a full kit of the opposite team <laughs> and, and pose a picture with 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 Santa Claus somewhere on there. So, oh so apparently the Arsenal fan right now is, is is on its way to to figure out how they're going to do that. So that should be interesting. If you would have told me that Jose Mourinho would be leading the EPL at this point, I, I would have probably laughed in your face. But here he is. It's just it's bananas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Liga MX, I mean, some just some weirdness here as well. It's it's actually kind of painfully reminiscent of, of Minnesota United's situation. Um, so they're they're doing their their final right now for the. Uh, I always forget which one is it. Whether it goes to the Clausoro or the, the Liga order. I think is it's that Liga. it? Yeah. Okay. Um, so in the first round, Cruz Azul just destroys Pumas four 0 Great. They're going to win this thing. Well, they flip it around and they they go to Cruz Azul. So that that happened in uh, in well, they're both in Mexico City, I suppose. But anyway, they flip their stadium. So so it's it's away goals now for Pumas <laughs> that put up four on them as well. And I think and and they beat them. They they win on the away goals for. Is that how it works? I can't even remember. But anyway, they knock them yep, out. That's how it works. Yep, they knock them out. So. Four four aggregate, but then the and the away it goes to Pumas. Hey, we only gave up three, and we scored two, so that's different. <laughs> it is, but this was just brutal to think you're gonna win with a. I mean, you got a four nil lead. <laughs> brutal. So Pumas and Leon actually started the final, and I caught a little bit of this match. Um, it, it was it was two t- two really good teams playing, so it was kind of boring in that respect because they're they're both just really good, and they, and they tied. So one one is, is your first leg there, uh, Pumas and Leon. Did, I think did they you play... see uh, the tweet or the Instagram story that that Miguel Ibarra put out since he played for Leon too? That he was no. happy about the he was happy about that the team got into the final. So that's interesting. So yeah, well, and the other thing I was going to mention too is they scored in it was late 89th minute with a man down. They actually got a red card like 10 minutes before that. So the fact they were able to pull out the equalizer, man down was was pretty cool. So that one's still going. We'll see who wins the uh, the league there. All right, Champions League. We can get through this one fairly quickly, I think. We don't need to do all the scores. Let's just go to uh, this week in racism part two. <laughs> Wait, I think we're on. I think we're at least on part three. No, we're yeah. at part three. La part trois. La part trois. La revanche. And it's it's c'est le c'est le temps parfait pour que c'est passage. It's c'est Paris. I just start spitting when the French comes out. Oh, exactly. By the way, I'm sorry. Just like, can we just like take the, a little second for a second? What does this mean? Oh, the oh, beer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the c'est, c'est pas la, what is it? C'est pas la mer it's, it's, I mean, literally means you can't drink the sea, but it's more of a. Uh, it's you an can't drink the sea? The sea, the ocean. Ah. But, but it's more like um, it's not that big of a deal, is what it means. Like an ex, like a idiom. But it's okay. no big deal. But I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't either. Just like, just, <laughs> I just I just try to pronounce it and then I'm just gonna call it refer it to that. That's it. <laughs> Sometimes speak, things don't need meaning. Eric, you speak French mm-hmm. and Spanish and Portuguese. Pas. Yes, and I'm I've been learning Guarani and Japanese now. Why are you so cool? 
That is like ah, come on. <laughs> there, if you need someone to speak to, you can talk to my brother because he knows Japanese. So. It's not as cool as it sounds. The, the Japanese is cool. very is very difficult. But but the other ones are all related. It's like mm -hmm. they're almost like puzzle pieces, and when you kind of figure out one romance language like one latin based language it's really easy to bounce to the others and learn the others but like guarani is it's using a latin based it's using a spanish alphabet but it's in its indigenous language so there's a lot of weird sounds and things that i'm not used to there and japanese I've, I'm, I'm like a toddler i mean I, I diego could probably really give me some pointers because I'm, I'm to the point where i can read and sort of speak, but I've had, to, I've done some conversation sessions with some folks here in the Twin Cities and I last like two minutes. <laughs> Just That's like, fine. <laughs> so I'm watching anime, but not dub. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'll I'm to you. the point. I'm to the point where I can grab a, uh, I can grab a bottle of sake and I can read the bottle. Like I, I can figure out, I know just enough hiragana that I can like, but to speak it, nah, not quite. <laughs> Anyway, back to racism, part trois. <laughs> so we have PSG and the Istanbul, uh, is it Basak Sehir? Basak, Basak Sehir, I think that's it. Sure. Uh, it's Rodigan's team. We've talked about that before. Um, do you want, one, you want to take this? this? This made pretty big international headlines. I don't know. Go ahead. I'll, I'll pass it off. So um, I think it's around the 23rd minute. And where um, the fourth, official, I think it was earlier than that. It was like, was it, is it 15th? No, it was 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah, I think it you're was right. Like Something 10, like that. Minutes, but by the time yeah. they started showing video, the clock was at like 22 or 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So apparently, the fourth official um, news because the, the whole team was, uh, wh what country were they from? I forget that they were um, Romanian. Turkey. Romanian. Turkey. Romanian, Romanian. Yeah, Turkey. Turkey, Turkey, Turkey. Okay. Um, they <laughs> apparently one the fourth official referred to a um, is it a player or a coaching staff member? Yeah, he was one of the one of the sideline, just one of the assistant coaches. Yeah, as a uh, identify them by their color, right? Right. And I think in in the language that they speak, negru is the is the word, right? Which is very similar to to the thing and to, to to and then and then like they get a reaction in the aspect of it's like well why do you call like you don't say that white player right why do you have right. to say that 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 black player right i think that's they, they were doing. in they were in france we said they were in paris so it was a french ref that said it to he was he's 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 on the uh the istanbul team but he was actually a, a man of african origin and so yes you're right he says it in french so, so it speeds through really fast the, the Turkish team and they're just like, what's going on? But one of the keys here that I learned later is Kylian Mbappe because he gets wind of it and he's like, what? And, so, and as soon as Mbappe hears it, I mean, the kid is still like, he's so young still, 21, 22, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And to have that consciousness to just immediately turn to the Turkish players and be like, what do you guys want to do? And whatever, and Demba, go ahead. Demba Ba as well he's the one yep. who actually like went face to face with this official and he so that's the first video that went out was demba saying what why do you have to say you don't you don't point to, to a player and say that white guy why yeah. do you have to point to him and say that black guy why would you say that and he's trying to tell him like listen to me like this yeah. is not like why would you say that why would you think this is okay and this freshman is kind of like 
probably a little confused as to how it got to this point. Um, but how did yeah. I just piss off all the 22 <laughs> people on the field? <laughs> um, he's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to point to a guy and say that guy, but I didn't say that guy. Um, but yeah, and then you also have uh, Neymar down on the pitch who has dealt with this before and has had right. to explain to people why saying such things is not okay. You've got Mbappe who's had to have that conversation. You've, all these guys and and between the two sides kind of look at each other like, we don't have to do this. Yep. And they kind of agree to just walk off the pitch together because yeah. no one was going to do anything about this fourth official. Um and I, then they, yeah, no, it it's just the, the aspect of like, you know how we've been talking about how FIFA and racism and all the other stuff and how we have horrible examples of it in Italy and other places of the world. Um, it's nice to see players who are, have, you know, have the power and the aspect of, 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 of doing that, being able to talk about it. If the other team doesn't want to come out, if the Istanbul team doesn't want to, come out and play then we're not going to come out and play either and i think that's yeah it's just a powerful it's message a shift from where we were you know a few months ago where yeah. uh like when i think the, the first incident with neymar he was ready to walk off and his teammates are basically like if you would like to walk off we support you and you walking off we're gonna stay here and play the game you yes. go do whatever you need to do that's and point. in this instant everyone was like he said what to you Yep. We're out. Yep, yep. And the entire great, great show. staff, everyone else on the, on the, no one was left on the sidelines. Yep. And then one of the shots that I saw was uh, a couple of coaches talking to the fourth official and saying like, well, what happened? What do we need now? And the official just keeps, he's like, I don't know. I don't know. And he was exactly. saying it in like English and French and whatever other language you could come up with. Like he's just rambling. Like, I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know it what happened. A, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. A great show of solidarity. It, no, sure. it was immense. And it, it, and it kind of brings you into the aspect of what happened with the San Diego Loyals, right? In that sense. Um, yep. And like the, the team had talked about it. And I think, I don't know if they asked to replace the fourth official in this case, but I don't know if that was an option for them to, to do that as well too. So I think this yeah, was probably one of the like, things. At that yeah. time. Yeah. Like, and I, I think, don't think I, they had. Yeah, I mean, it's like when I saw this and like see, we were watching, like like we were uh, we, we didn't watch it live, but like as soon as I heard someone said something about it, I was like I turned it on, and I was you know, and I was watching. And I was like, wow, like this is, this is powerful in the aspect That's, of it. yeah, it's a Champions and, League. I mean, the, the world was watching literally, yeah, and watching. I got I got a couple messages like from switch the pitch people from like within the dark clouds and like all around saying, hey, are you watching this game? turn it on and see what's happening right now yeah. and everyone tunes in and sees kind of how the thing plays out and everyone was talking about it it made like the cbs morning news the next day the video of zemba going after the after the official um they are it is set to be replayed I've either oh, i've got it they, they already they already did they already played oh did they already yeah it was a blowout yeah, it was like <laughs> but, a 5-1 longer but, ago but, than i remember yeah, but staying with it just for one more second, all, all I was going to say was that extra layer that, I mean, we, we've seen this before with, with players of the opposing team doing it, but for the official to do something like this and not know better, it, it just blows my mind. I mean, it's 2020 and it's so frustrating that it's coming from an official too. It's like, 
right, where are you I, getting the training? Where's the accountability? It's yeah, oh. he's absolutely clueless as to what he did wrong. I don't know. I, I don't mean, know. I just, we reached this point 50 years yeah. ago, but ignorance is no longer an excuse when it comes to stuff like yeah. this. Yeah. Did you guys see, um, this is like slightly related, um, but uh, I can't remember if it was California or someplace like that where they're like, yeah, we're going to make like cops have a BA. Mm-hmm. You have to get a, a Bachelor of Arts in order to be a police officer. That's interesting. Like college degree? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I did not know that. Um, which, you know, it's like, in some ways it's like, well, that's classist. And then you're going to like, that's a barrier to entry. and You're going to make your force less diverse and stuff like that. But on the other hand, it's like, you know, like, it doesn't hurt. Like well, it couple, probably, couple courses it in probably ethics. might help. It might actually yeah. help. I mean, well, the, I mean, the all around education that you get as a right. BA, I can, uh, right. attest. maybe, uh, maybe, maybe detectives, you need to have a BA. I don't know. I mean. Well, a detective would need to have a, a BS in criminal science. Yeah. Right. Or something like that, right? Um, but I just mean, like, like, even for, like, like, I guess the reason I brought up is, like, you know, in terms of, like, the ref thing, it's like, you know, have you taken a, a an African-American <laughs> studies course? You know, it's right. just like, like, have you, like, had, like, basic education history that, like, an adult should have? And, yeah. I mean, yeah, and it's interesting because one of the things with cops, the, the thing against them right now is they have all of like 18 weeks of training or something in the academy. Mm-hmm. Um, so a BA gets some three plus years of, you know, intercultural communication. And yeah, having something like that for a ref where it's not just like you get a certification under whatever uh, league or federation, but having... Um, I mean, obviously now when you're dealing with so many different cultures on one pitch at one time, mm-hmm. uh, that's been talked about for a long time. Players learn which languages they can speak in and say, like, make their game plans or like speak back to the ref in a different language that they want to understand. And it kind of goes both ways. The refs need to need to understand that as well. It was, it was pretty amazing. It was, it was, it was really cool to see. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention is bringing it back. Uh, Manchester United flopped. They actually got beat by Red Bull Leipzig three to two. So they they were crashed out. This was the, this was the uh, Champions League now where McKinney does the sideways uh, scissor kick that was just out of this world. I mean, yeah. highlight reels forever. Just what a goal from a U.S. player at the top top league top stage. Just unbelievable. Um, so Bridget, to your point, they played on the ninth. Which what is day today? So that would have been. Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, and they smoked them five one PSG. <laughs> it was it was the Neymar show. Neymar had a hat trick, and and Mbappe had a brace. There so you go. how did they? Uh, I assume an entirely different set of officials. Yeah. It was a different set how, of officials, like, yeah. and an entirely different way of like game management, probably just to kind of. Well, that we don't know, but <laughs> we knew it was a whole different crew of officials. Yeah, definitely new officials. Yes, yes. And then you had the next round of, of Champions League. Again, not – well, okay, we, we, we talked about this last week. Zero in on Group B. Like, that was the one where nobody knew what was going to happen because you had both Real Madrid and Inter Milan kind of below the line, two huge teams in terms of their following and status in the world. And, and it was possible that one wasn't going to go through. And it turned out Real Madrid wins their match against Gladbach 
um, so Real Madrid, Real Madrid jumps up. <laughs> I don't know what's happening over there. Uh, they go one. Gladbach goes two. So Inter Milan are out. Inter Milan, gone, out of here. Um, so round of 16 looks like this for Champions League. Group A, you're going to have Bayern Munich one, Atletico Madrid two. Uh, for B, you're going to have Real Madrid one, Gladbach two. For C, Man City one, Porto two. Uh, for D, Liverpool one, Atalanta two. For E, Chelsea one, Sevilla two. For F, Dortmund one, Lazio two. For G, Juve one, Barca two. Barca two, <laughs> which which kind of is seems right at this point, actually, considering their season. And then H, uh, PSG, aforementioned one, Red Bull Leipzig two. One thing I didn't mention, I didn't put in the notes rather, is Porto. Uh, Porto has uh, Jorge Jesus is the coach. He he led Flamengo to their Libertadores championship uh, last year, so he's there now at Porto. And so he puts up this weird comment too. I, I don't remember. I don't remember if it was before. It must have been right after this whole thing happened in, with uh, with PSG. And and it might have been a lost in translation thing, just put from the Portuguese and it got translated to English. But just to have the wherewithal to why, why would you even say this? He said something to the effect of. Uh, Racism is very in at this point. <laughs> he, he just, at a press conference, he just said that. And again, he may have been trying to say something else, but just for that to come out and the, like all the reporters are just kind of looking at each other like, what did he just say? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Pretty bad. <laughs> uh, gross. Uh, Libertadores. Oh, I know. I know. We'll wrap it up. We're here getting soon. into the you know you know into the quarterfinals, right? Or to the, so we are. Well, it's it's weird because of COVID, like, like as you all. Uh, so how do you watch Libertadores? I don't even know how to watch Libertadores. <laughs> highlights, my guy. Lots of that's, highlights. That's pretty much it. Right. <laughs> highlights. Although every once in a while, Facebook, you'll you'll find like the random Facebook uh, pirate stream. I think yeah. I, my friend from Argentina, like somehow, always is able to watch the. I think you just have to like be in the right groups and get, get them. Yep. Um, so to your point, Rodrigo, yes, they start, some started quarterfinals. One was finishing off their last one to get in. So it's a little out of order, out of whack. So the first quarterfinal, you had Libertad from um, Paraguay and Palmeiras from Brazil. And they each tied 1-1. Pretty good match. I can, I can honestly see either one of these teams winning the whole thing. They're, they're really strong and, they're, they're, I mean, Palmeiras can definitely be flashy. Libertad definitely is not, but they're just super strong. Um, Gremio and Santos also tied 1-1. And then the one that was not a quarterfinal was Boca Juniors and Internacional from, from Brazil, from, um, from Rio Grande do Sul. Uh, they, they ended up, how did it work? Uh, Inter actually wins the match, but it's a 1-1 uh, aggregate. So they go to PKs and Boca wins on PKs. So that is the final slot into the, the quarterfinals, even though they've started because it's, it's a mess because of the pandemic. Um, so the final quarterfinals, or, or rather the, the look of the quarterfinals, is Gremio and Santos, who I just mentioned already played and tied. And then the new one then is Racing from Argentina versus Boca, also from Argentina. On the other side, you've got... Uh, uh, What's the team from Uruguay there? Nacional versus River Plate. And they played as well. And River beat them 2-0. Oh, yep, 2-0 for River. 
and then the one that I mentioned, Palmeiras and uh, Palmeiras and Libertad. So those are your teams there. And I, I really don't know who's going to pull this whole thing off, but I don't know. It, it'll probably be River again. I, I could see them going all the way or, or Palmeiras. Who knows? I don't know. Rodrigo, what do you think? I don't know. I just, it's just, just, this has just been so weird. So I'm not watching it. I know. So like, it's so, it is so weird. So like, I'm not following it as much. And so like, Palmeiras has always had a good team. River's always a thing, but um, I wouldn't put Boca out. I mean, no, the story would be so. a Carlos Tevez winning a Copa America in his last year. Would you know? That'd that's be a lot of narrative. That's a lot yeah. of narrative to go through. So yeah. I'll go with the narrative. I think I think the nice thing is you've got two Brazilian teams on one side, two Argentine teams on one side. So they're going to kind of knock themselves out to get down to maybe a more uh, mixed bag here. So we'll see. We'll see how it pans out. I, I'll, I'll be honest. I would like to see uh, Libertad go. I mean, how long has it been since Paraguayan teams won this thing? Long time, right? I feel like it's been a while. Too long. Well, yeah, let's, no, it's true. Too long. Um, some sad news. Paulo Rossi, he, he passed away early in the week on the 9th. Uh, World Cup champ in 82, also won the Golden Boots, won the Golden Ball, on the Ballon d'Or, and there's there's this great shot of um, him and, and Maradona that was kind of flying around. There was the, somebody was asking me, "Well, did they play?" I'm like, "Yeah, they they played multiple times. They played uh, Italy actually knocked out Argentina in the '82 World Cup, so they played in that match. And then in Italy, I, the crossover is a little bit different because he's a little bit older than Maradona, and so I, I can't remember if he was at Juventus or at AC Milan when Maradona was at Napoli, but Either one of those two teams, he definitely played against Maradona in the in the Serie A in the Italian league there in the eighties too. So, I don't know how good of friends they were, but they they definitely knew of each other and you know probably had mutual respect for one another. And it was just, yeah, it was just hard for a lot of the the old school football fans to lose two icons like that so close together. Was they going to say something? No, I mean, I, I mean, he was a great player, and like it's. Him, he, I'm, I'm assuming he was like in his late sixties. Um, I, that sounds right. Maybe mid. I, he was like five or six years older than Maradona, I think. Yeah, so yeah, so somewhere like in the early seventies. So yeah, so so that's you know that's always unfortunate, right? And um, but you know this has been this year where we're losing. Just it seems like we're losing a lot of people who are well known more than anything. So that's just, yeah. it's been one of those crazy things, right? And so. Hats off to the work that that you put through, and um, condolences to the family and all the loved ones. You know, so absolutely. What, what is he? Okay, talk. Someone talked about this FC St. Pauli thing because I'm not. I don't oh. know if was as big into it, but I totally am not. This, so I saved this for the good news because I want to end on some some high notes here. Yes. So rather than have like the sponsor, like all you know, most big clubs do, to boost sales, they put out a idea that supporters were going to get a pick what was going to be written across their jersey. And everybody, well, not everybody, but by large, the majority picked FCKNZS as, as the sponsor. As in F Nazis, right? That's right. Exactly. Oh my God. That's, okay. By a vowel, by two vowels. Perfect. Yes. So that's okay, so how much are these? How much are these kits? Because I might just have to get one just for that. Like that. Exactly. Uh, I've been thinking about exactly. that. Exactly. Yep. Same, same, same. I've actually got one. I uh, One of my friends. Was was in uh, Hamburg not that long ago, and 
he actually bought one for well i ended up going to my to my wife to my spouse because it's a it was a women's kit but yeah I'm, this this is is pretty badass um i saved anything for today i, I don't even know what exactly what's happening i know reyna scored again but stuttgart smoked him um any big anything in epl that you all saw we can cover it later i know it's getting late uh, the other thing i want to talk about rodrigo you already talked about this this rumor FIFA and CONCACAF and, and apparently Kwame Bowl are talking about this Liga MX combination. What's it going to look like? How's it going to work? How is how our team's going to qualify? The, the thing that really caught my attention is, is a potential Libertadores birth. Like four teams are going to go from this to Libertadores. I don't necessarily understand it, but I love the fact that if this is a gateway for MLS to play in Libertadores, feed me. That <laughs> this no, is what I, I want. I, I I didn't think of it that way, but that would be cool. That yeah. would be cool. Like I would I would be that would be something that I would I would actually enjoy. But the aspect of putting together an MLS and Liga MX, and we have this conversation before, it's like it's 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 a moneymaker aspect of it, right? Of course. But at yeah. the same time, I'm like, how many MLS teams are are gonna be at the bottom of this league? if it comes through in fruition that it actually exists when you have all of these teams on such unstable ground in the first place and you know like on the edge of existence in the current state uh i don't see how it makes sense other than i mean it'd be great for a few clubs uh lafc atlanta uh galaxy probably seattle you know uh the the dynasty type teams that are always splashing money um but for so many other clubs it's just it's a losing situation it's another you know the rich get richer and the, the poor get a money poor. grab it's a money grab yeah. yeah and then how does affects open cup right at the same time like yeah it it would completely change the entire uh uh, historic tournament schedule for MLS. So, because it would have to be one of these things where, because they, they were talking about pro rel too. I mean, mm-hmm. if it, if it was pro rel to like get into this thing, but you don't necessarily drop in in like your your MLS or Liga MX. Right. I mean, maybe maybe that would kind of sort of work. But if it's pro rel as in you make it here or you don't, then then it just gets messy. I don't I don't know how that would all work. <laughs> If you can't figure out pro rel within your league, you don't need to like merge leagues and do yeah exactly right. <laughs> like let's let's get MLS to like function correctly for five consecutive years, and then maybe we can fix it. That's right. Let's not five. add any more teams. I'm, 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 I'm thinking twenty five. It's been twenty five. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's been like I know what you're saying. Many, Every year, overs has this league had within that twenty five year tenure as a league. I mean, right now we're looking at Salt Lake as being taken over by the league. We just talked about that. Sure. We've, we've got and we got um, Austin coming up, right? And then who else is coming? There's up? There's, there's instability in and Liga Miyakis in these other leagues though too. It's not just here. Three times. Well, yeah, but it's. I mean, there you have like this history to fall back on, and there's more like interest and investment here. You've got. Uh, I'll throw like. Uh, Salt Lake back into that, like trying <laughs> to beg true. for investors to buy a team. If it's going to be like NASL, where the league owns half of the teams again, Salt just, Lake are going to fly, fly to Guadalajara and have to stay because they can't yeah. come back. Right, because they can't, they can't come back. back. 
No, we're yeah. going to have a lot of things where, like, you know, people are going to be sleeping in airports, you know, because <laughs> of... And hopefully that brings up the lights of, like, how treatment and everything else goes on, not only in this league, but in women's leagues as well, too. Oh, I that's a whole other I, level. I just yeah. don't think, honestly, this, this makes, like, sense. Because in the aspect of, like, pro-rel in this country, in the United States, that's, like, that's that's a hot topic that no one wants to figure out. Yeah. And if 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 it's going to be something that's going to be imposed on other teams, I I'm pretty sure that's be one of those things that MLS is going to be like, no, we're not going to do pro rail because there isn't a system for pro rail set up. So that's because it's set up as a Ponzi scheme, man. There's like there's there's no base. <laughs> and you know, Garber's only like entertaining this because then the entire world will be talking about MLS because they kind of have to because MLS is combined with Liga Yankees. Right. Maybe um, maybe the MLS should start sending sending those fake. FedEx text message that I've been getting lately. It's just to like millionaires out there to to pull them in to be like, hey, your FedEx patches hasn't arrived. Please log in here. And then, you know, just get all the information and take their Congratulations. Money. You now own an MLS club. Welcome to the. <laughs> Welcome. Uh, that yeah. would be awesome. Now you own an MLS club. <laughs> Salt Lake City you know- is is to Bridget's point uh, that that's actually a good point. Is this maybe just a marketing ploy to kind of tie in with yes. what the twenty twenty six? That's what it is, right? Yeah. I mean, all right. It's happened. It's happened before. I mean, we've yeah. yeah. This, this is not a this is not a new topic, right? And the yeah. fact that you know there was always Canadian rumors. The and... league has come up when Canada right. was trying to get that league going again, and which is working well on their own, not partnered with Garber. Uh, Alex Bunbury is a big part of that. We should point out Bunbury Soccer Academy, Teal's dad. Um, they're doing just fine on their own without Garber's help. So, right on. Well, on that note, we don't need Garber's help. And <laughs> end of the show. <laughs> Period. Ponto. Garber, um, Garber, text me, please. I, I like to have a. <laughs> I like to have an MLS team. Just, just text me. Uh, thank you all, Rodrigo. Bridget, Sheila, uh, we'll be back next week. Again, beers are out, everybody. Patreon.com backslash Minnesota football show. We'll watch some MLS final tonight, see what happens, and we'll have considerably less to talk about next week, so it won't be as long. But I appreciate you all. Thank you for your time. Likewise, you. likewise. That's what you say now. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Once we get going, you know, there's momentum. <laughs> much much like the Seattle Sounders starting at oh don't don't even don't 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 even stop it stop right. it sorry <laughs> bye bye.